Uh, Samunia, I heard that you had some exciting adventures in New York this week. Yeah, yeah. This weekend was uh, was a trip. We first had a like a Persian like mehmuni party, which was basically just like a fun, um, you know, outdoor potluck type thing. Um, you know, it's actually getting warm in New York right now, so you know we had to take advantage of that, which was cool. And we kind of kept the Persian theme because the next day we went to the New York City Persian Parade, which was. <laughs> Well, quite a trip because um, they were advertising that not only Eric Adams will be there, the mayor of New York, but also Chuck Schumer might make an appearance. Huh? <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so we we got there. We got, at, you know, where the um, parade starts and ends. We got to where they uh, were ending and there was like no one there and we we're like oh crap like i hope that there's actually a turnout but it turns out everyone was just like down at the start so we just keep on walking up and the first thing we see we hear faint drums and then you kind of oh, yeah. go up you, you hear you hear a bit of like trumpet you know and then you hear some <laughs> flute and then oh my god it's the new york police department band it's like the whole like <laughs> like like a like a college band at a football game like that that level of like breadth and everything um in like their band uniforms playing like michael jackson stuff um you know right behind them is eric adams just absolutely loving every second of it this dude's like going up to people shaking their hand just like just the most high energy dude. Like he, he just loves being mayor. He loves being there. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, he's in his element right now. Like the police band with him. Like, you know, it's like an interesting way to start out. If I was an organizer, I wouldn't, but you know, Hey, if you're inviting <laughs> Eric Adams to, <laughs> to your parade, I guess this is what big 10 organizing looks like. Uh, you know, um, this is how you make everybody feel comfortable right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> So, you know, that kind of set the tone. And then the floats came out and the floats were interesting because it was a bunch of like different. Um, they were like really spread out. So they weren't like, you know, right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was like maybe like two minutes in between each of them. So you really kind of got to digest each float. Each float represented a different like part of Iran. But at the same time, it also represented maybe like different sects like of uh, yeah, Iran yeah. too, right? So like there were some people who were just like, you know, like representing like a place that they were all from, right? And they'd like be blasting like Persian music. But then there were some other like more like conservative blocks where they were dressed in like the Cyrus the Great, like ancient like robe yes, doing like the yes. like ancient pose, right? Yes, like they're like real like, like return hotep. vibes. Yeah, like yeah, yes, hoteps. yes. It was like yeah. a per Persian hoteps, like yeah. you know. <laughs> well, that's like that's that's like the Shah's people, right? Like that's that must be like yeah. uh, the, whatever people are out there in America, like bring back the the old regime. You know, that was like bringing back uh, the ancient Iranian culture. You yeah, know? there's right. basically there's like bring back pre-Islamic Iran. There's like, like continue the Shah's work. There's like Darius, <laughs> there's Xerxes and there's the Shah. Right. You know, when you think about great figures of uh, Iranian <laughs> history. <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was pretty, pretty amazing. And they were totally like stone faced, like statues. Like they were basically like living like marble busts, but like with like the with the light blue robes on. Like I was like, wow, like, mm -hmm. you know, wow. uh, <laughs> that that was fascinating. 
some interesting, yeah, like Iranian like players in America doing their best to like, you know, promote an anti-revolutionary vision of Iran in America, sparing no expense, hiring the New York Police Department band and uh, those like <laughs> statue street performers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically Shin Yun, but for Persians, basically. <laughs> oh yeah, no, but that's, well, like uh, all... who are those guys? What's the uh, the uh, Iranian... uh, Falun Gong? No, no, the fucking Iranians, the uh, the fucking MEK. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Iran's version of that. That's yeah, I'm sure they were in the the parade. They're still mm-hmm. around in America, anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not so much in the country they supposedly represent. <laughs> no, no, they're like they're like a weird they're like a weird political party slash cult slash like, you know, at any one time there's like guys at the top who like want to be the Ahmed Chalabi of Iran, you know? Well, you know, hey, look, maybe they'll get their chance one day. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't bet on them. It's what this parade is all about. It's giving these guys their shot. <laughs> giving them their shot. Yeah, like there was some like just like cool floats that were just like cultural. Like it was like people dressed up in like their traditional garb doing like dances and stuff. Like it was an interesting like mix of people, right? But yeah, so afterwards... They all met up in a park and they're and they were like, you know, playing, um, you know, songs and dances. It was lit. It was just like, wow, mm-hmm. like, you know, it is so cool to kind of, you know, see that community coalesce, even though like politically it might be all over the place. Right. But then the politics came when Chuck Schumer was announced to come yes, through. Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's a star guest. And- he comes on and this is like when the DJ is like playing this like really like lit like Iranian music. And he like starts, he's like takes one of the woman life freedom flags and starts like gigging to the music and like, yes. like waving the flag. Yes. But like, yeah, he was like, he was just like getting down to the music and stuff before, like for like five minutes before even like speaking, which was um, just hilarious. Um, so then he of course like does a speech. And the funny part about it is he was like, <laughs> he was like, we want we want freedom for Iranians. We want you know we want everyone to be able to visit their country again. I really like got big cheers. And then he was like, "We want economic freedom for the people in Iran." And I'm like, "Dude, isn't that you? Like, <laughs> bro, <Come on>. what? <laughs> Hell yeah! Not the economic freedom. Yep. Like, my guy, you're the one like imposing sanctions on Iran. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah, why exactly. it's kind of like not economically free. But anyway, well, that, yeah. what he <laughs> means is <laughs> if the yeah, sanctions are successful and uh, somehow they bring down the Islamic Republic, then the IMF can come in and do structural readjustment and make everybody <laughs> yeah. in Iran truly free. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's right. like basically my economic freedom is we need uh, Getty oil back in Iran. Like, until, yeah, right. Yeah. Until, we, need, we need the freedom the to like get our oil back basically yeah. is, uh, is our yeah. version of economic freedom. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what, what type of economic freedom are you talking about? Well, man? that's like what economic system do you think Iran runs under? Buddy? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's all capitalism, <laughs> baby. But yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. No, it was cool. He was like, yeah, you know, we, it, it, he was like, I'm really inspired by the protests, like, you know, in Iran and the, um, and, but it's so funny because there's all of these kind of, you know, groups and nonprofits saying like, oh, donate to help Iran. But because of the sanctions, like people, anyone who has actual family in Iran knows that it's impossible to actually send money over there. So it's like a lot of these diaspora groups will basically 
be fundraising, right? Um, but it's like, how are you actually even like, if you're doing anything with this like nonprofit money, like it's really hard to like legitimately um, mm-hmm. take money to Iran. You have to actually like find a person to fly over there with cash, right? Like you can't even really Western Union stuff like yep. you have to do in like a lot of places. You literally have to like kind of like know someone who does this as a job who will take like actual like hard cash and fly down to Iran, get past customs and then like, you know, do with it what they will when they're actually there. Right. It's like very hard to send money there anyway. So I thought that that was like interesting as well. Yeah. Well, but, they're uh, spending it on hiring the NYPD band. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's where yeah, it went, I think, is the NYPD band. Well, they, they, um, need they need They need yeah, fresh yeah. uniforms, you know? Well, it's really funny too, because like, you know, the flag that they rally around is like the pre-revolution flag, like the the one with the um, lion on it. Uh-huh. Uh, but that like yeah. that that flag goes back like, you know, very far. Right. That could mean like Mossadegh. That could mean the Shah. That could mean like a lot of different things, you know. But I think like um, and there's definitely like left wing opposition in Iran, um, you know, against like, you know, the Islamic Republic regime. Um, but, you know the real stars are the people who um, try to claim a homogenous movement, uh, which are the Shah's like grandkids, basically um, who, mm. who are like looked at as like, Oh, if we just get those guys back in there. Like, you know, things will be pretty good again. And it's like, who, who causes revolution in the first place, man? Like this shit lasted like maybe 25 years before, like, things broke down you know yeah, like, yeah. That, that, that's like yeah. not really impressive at all to yeah, be the shah's reign was exactly long and glorious you know like kids are just backed by the largest military on the planet you know pretty pretty unimpressive yeah like pretty yeah it's it's just like kind of like loser stuff but uh yeah chuck schumer's speech like lasted for like 10 minutes he was like and we'll do everything in in our government's power to to help these goals be achieved and then like i heard a couple people go oh no uh like <laughs> we know what that means like yep. uh, i don't know yep. about that one <laughs> i mean yeah. the nice thing is like you know he's full of shit you know he's he's just uh playing to a constituency in his state there uh oh yeah because you know and yeah. a lot of them ate it up. They well, loved it. Well, he needs by everything in his power is nothing at all because that's all that's in his, in his power, apparently. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but yesterday the Senate just passed a bill to essentially like lift all emissions regulations on interstate trucking because fucking Diane Feinstein's dead. So there's like not that vote that they need. And Joe Manchin, of course, is just a Republican. <laughs> so the Republicans now like essentially just run the Senate. They have a 50 to 49 majority <laughs> because one of our corpses is fucking being launched, you know, into space at the moment. But yeah, so uh, wouldn't worry about it. Apparently Chuck can't get anything done. Welcome back to the Mechanical Freak Podcast. We're recording live from Seattle, Washington, the home of neoliberalism today, and from a little-known backwater where Munoz, uh, up at uh, the, the Little Apple, New York City. Yep. <laughs> it's, it's up and coming, though. So it's uh, on uh, uh, Business Magazine's fastest, top 50 fastest growing cities in America. 
Hell yeah. It's, it, it's on the come up. Hey, guys, keep your eye out for Little New York City. Uh, big things coming, baby. So Big things coming. We'll see. We'll see if uh, Dime Square can really catch on. Then we'll have big things <laughs> yeah. coming. Yeah. Well, I hope so, because I bought um, a whole, uh, you know, 48 <laughs> unit. Uh, building <laughs> apartment building there so i kind of needed to blow up i bought a lot of commercial real estate there no yeah. no <laughs> damn it no well we got more to cover today than just uh the intricacies of iranian diaspora politics and uh the big apple uh <laughs> we also had some stuff happen in our own state this year uh, this week right uh greg we're we're not. Are we doing the drug war? Or are we not doing the drug war? What, what what's happening right now in Washington? Oof. Uh, God, you know, it's kind of hard to say. It's it, the drug war is in limbo, as it <laughs> uh, really as it has. I guess the story is it has been in limbo for the last two years. Um, because in it was in yeah, like twenty twenty one that uh, that the Washington Supreme Court it invalidated. Uh, Washington's existing felony drug laws and just said uh this shit's illegal you're gonna have to you know uh do something else ever since then they the legislature put in you know a temporary uh misdemeanor uh law against uh drug possession that they've been you know using ever since so I'm gonna go back like to last week and read a little, some snippets here from The Stranger's reporting. This is from the 21st by Ashley Nurbavig in The Stranger. Um, the headline is, We Are Continuing the War on Drugs. Under a state Senate proposal to regulate the possession of drugs across Washington, first-time offenders may face more jail time than they would have under the old felony drug law that the state Supreme Court threw out as racist and unconstitutional a couple of years ago, signaling a reboot of the failed war on drugs in a state controlled by Democrats. So oh, that shit. Was, this they can the get of... something done. Damn it. <laughs> well, uh, uh, we shall see. We shall see. That's that's the this is describing basically the the compromise bill that was um, heading to the end of the session here. So with this year's legislative session scheduled to end Sunday, lawmakers in the House and Senate continue dickering around with the details that each chamber proposed in their respective bills on the issue. The debate now centers on whether to make drug possession a misdemeanor or a gross misdemeanor. Either way, <laughs> the new law will add an estimated 12,000 cases to overburdened court dockets across the state and will be a far cry from the transformative policy some Democratic lawmakers envisioned in the aftermath of the court's ruling in State v. Blake. And, you know, I mean, certainly... There was an air of hopefulness at the time, but I think also everybody, including us, said like they they they're going to pass, they're going to do something to replace it. It's just like effectively a technicality. Now the wild thing is like in the meantime, drug possession has only been a misdemeanor in Washington State for two years. Um, there, you know, there been. A lot, but not many as you would maybe have thought vacations of pre prior drug convictions, because, of course, I mean, they are going through them. But like, you know, of course, like everybody's all they throw the book at everybody. So like it didn't get like it didn't like get everybody out of prison because there's always other bullshit, you know. But like, you know, you could have imagined like, wow, they threw out the felony drug possession 
uh, law out of court. This could be like a new day. This could be a time for anyone, you know, who didn't want to continue the drug war. Like, I don't know, maybe, I guess, supposedly Democrats in progressive Washington state might like use this as a, an incredible golden opportunity to like really reverse course and you know, these are these are the kind of fantastical thoughts that m may have occurred to people. And I certainly crossed our minds. But I think, you know, I know we said at the time, like they're going to do, <laughs> you know, they're going to do something awful. And that's what we're sort of leading up to here. Um, so uh, skipping ahead. Yeah, they created the short term uh, misdemeanor. But now, quote, we are continuing the war on drugs, unquote, said State Senator Manka Dingra. Uh, from Redmond. This year, Dingra, who chairs the Senate's Law and Justice Committee, proposed legislation to decriminalize drugs and treat substance abuse disorder within the public health care system. But she couldn't even get the bill out of her own committee. Such was the mood on the topic in her caucus. That's meaning the uh, the Democratic caucus. Yeah. At this point, she said she's just negotiating ways to minimize harm. Cons <laughs> conservative Senate Democrats and their Republican colleagues... Yeah. Crushed the chance for decriminalization early in the session. Says Senator Jesse Solomon from Shoreline. Mm, put my guy. into the Senate bill, which passed in March, mandatory minimum jail sentences for people who don't comply with treatment. Uh, who I guess that means uh, you don't uh, you're not cured in the you know, of your drug addiction or the poverty or homelessness that put you into it by in whatever like shitty program that is jail anyway like uh they put you in yeah basically uh, you refuse is, forced rehab you have to do a like full sentence yeah if you refuse to eat the plate of shit they offer you you get yeah. a bigger plate of shit you know um in the house's version which the senate will likely reject lawmakers remove the mandatory minimums and reduce the charge for drug possession from a gross misdemeanor to a misdemeanor which is what it has been for the last two years the former carries a maximum sentence, and this is key. The former, meaning the gross misdemeanor, carries a maximum sentence of 364 days in, in jail, and the latter, a maximum of 90 days in jail. So, obviously, people argued against the this change because in the Senate bill because, like, uh, the gross misdemeanor would be a, like, would be a longer sentence than most uh, first-time offenders would face under the old Class C felony law that was thrown out by the Supreme Court. Again, on like legal technicalities, and so they can do this, and it's not, you know, they'll do this right so that it's not going to get thrown out by the Supreme Court. So, though state law sets a maximum penalty for Class C felony at five years or a $10,000 fine, the most recent sentencing grid classifies possession as a level one offense and prescribes zero to six months in jail for violators with two or fewer prior convictions. This is where it really gets fucked up. Dingra said, Dingra, the uh, the legislator who was, you know, trying to like uh, actually end the war on drugs and decriminalize, said administrative concerns, not moral concerns or evidence based reasoning primarily drive some Democratic lawmakers to want the harsher sentence. For a prosecutor to charge someone with drug possession, the state crime lab must confirm the nature of the substance that the person was carrying. The House bill encourages the lab 
to complete drug analysis in less than 45 days. But prosecutors may need more than a year to confirm someone possessed the drugs, she said. State law sets the statute of limitations at two years for gross misdemeanors and one year for misdemeanors. So the harsher charge would give the state more time to analyze substances. <laughs> yeah. It also allows for you to, you know, hold people pre-trial for longer than even the mandatory minimum or even maximum yeah. sentence. Uh, uh, so you could end up doing a year in pre-trial, you know, uh, yeah. just waiting, you know. Yeah. Well, they, well, they uh, enhance, enhance, enhance on your yeah. drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, the, the just just an absolute like parody of justice where, yeah, you're you're guilty until proven innocent. You're in jail. And then, you know, that that all exists. But like this reasoning that apparently oh, yeah, yeah. is going around that. Yeah. No, it has to be a gross misdemeanor because that way the statute of limitations is long enough for the prosecution to come up with a decent case against you to yeah. prove that you had what they say that you had, you yeah, know, I, you know, like, the prosecution runs on easy mode, you know, <laughs> it's not like, hard to be a prosecutor. Like they need two years to get, to get gross misdemeanor possession. They, they need mm -hmm. that buffer of two years to be able to fully charge you. Meanwhile, again, like you say, you're, you're probably in prison the whole time in jail uh, in pretrial detention, but like, and that just to get that two year statute of limitation to give them like the the room, you know, the breathing room to work, you're going to get hit then with a much higher maximum sentence for just to give, you know, like and this is apparently something that's convincing some Democrats who are on the edge like, oh, well, you know, we got to we got to give the prosecutors mm -hmm. the time here. Um, and of course, uh Tingra acknowledged that some people in the Senate want the gross misdemeanor because they also believe harsher penalties will motivate a person to comply with treatment. You know, this is tough. It's all bullshit. We, well, we know that. Like, it, yeah. And uh, interestingly, I mean, I, I assume the argument probably being made in these things is like we're in the middle of an enormous drug crisis and yeah. they're blaming the this court crisis. decision on that. And I was just kind of curious because I was like, I bet you Washington's not even the top 10 of like drug overdose states. Right. You know, by you know, uh, rate or whatever. And going to the CDC website, yeah, we're not in the top 10. We're not in the top 20. We're not in the top 30. We're ranked 33rd as far as drug overdoses per capita. Um, there is no, like, you know, relative to the rest of the country, there is no drug crisis in Washington. Yeah. So apparently... Uh, whether the drugs, whether it's, uh, you know, a felony to possess a s tiny amount of drugs or a misdemeanor or nothing has zero impact on uh, drug use in the state. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, to that point of like the the ludicrousness of the actual, uh, you know, incentive or, or coercive argument here, uh, the article goes on. A sentence of 90 days is, quote, enough said Lisa Dugard, director of the Public Defender Association, quote, most of the harm done to people is done in the first 90 days of jail. Everything is gone at that point. Jobs, housing, child custody, and pretty much anything you are working on is gone, she added. Yeah, so I mean, it's, you know, basically this debate just comes down to exactly how cruel you want to be to, you know, people who again, are carrying, like, the smallest amounts of drugs. <laughs> you know? Well, and, like, you know, and we can talk, you know, and, like, that's that's a 
those are the real facts. And like they're being deployed there in an argument against like the supposed reasons for this kind of legislation. Right. Which is, yeah, to fight the, our drug problem. But like, I don't know, maybe maybe because we have the immortal science on our side or or whatever, like we also know like that that's not why any that's not what any of this is for, that the drug war is a pretext for uh, social discipline. Uh, It's you, you need you need reasons for the violent arm of the state to uh, discipline poor people, communities, labor, like you need to be able to go in and ruin people's lives, lose them, their jobs, their apartments, their break up their families, because that's how you get lots of stuff done. That's how you gentrify a neighborhood. Uh, That's how you, uh, you know, discipline the bottom end of the workforce. Like that's how you, you maintain a level of precarity. That's how you enforce um, various, you know, class and racial hierarchies in America. Like you need all this stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, so, it, it, yeah, it's it's not going to be coincidental, you know, that you're going to see a lot more of this from city to city as commercial real estate continues its long crash, right? You know, we were told for all this time that oh, real estate values only go up uh, if you have a particular set of brainworms that prices are set purely by supply and demand, right? <laughs> and uh, but the thing is, is just like Silicon Valley, as interest rates have gone up, the bubble of real estate is starting to fall apart. And it's falling apart in commercial real estate first. And there has to be some explanation of why the shit in major American cities, like in San Francisco, where everybody's evacuated commercial real estate downtown, why is it happening? And it can't be because capitalism is predatory. It's built on bubbles that are bound to burst, right? All this kind of shit. It can't be just the instability of capitalism itself. It has to be Oh, there's too many homeless people. How do we get rid of them? Let's make the drug law stronger so that police can go and, you know, wipe them off the street once and for all. You know, right. a, a, a goal that never succeeds, right? Because the system itself is creating these homeless people. So well, it's you get what, rid of some, more get created. You know? This is the, you know, the, the line in this town and everywhere for years now is that the homelessness problem is a drug problem. Whereas yeah. obviously we know it's a, basically a real estate problem among you know other economic th- concerns and yeah that's what this is all about i mean it all it, it all serves a power structure and a ruling class now what's interesting the development is that on sunday as the legislative session was coming to an end uh they fumbled the fucking ball <laughs> uh so again from Ashley Nerbovig, uh, this is uh, must be Monday or, or no, it's yesterday. In the stranger headline, no clear path toward criminalizing drugs in Washington. Lawmakers may let local drug laws reign until 2024. So in the heated hours, in the heated final hours of the legislative session Sunday night, a bill to increase criminal criminal penalties for drug possession failed on the House floor, leaving top lawmakers rattled with no clear path to reach a deal before the existing law lapses on July 1st. If they don't pass the bill before then, Washington's misdemeanor drug law will expire and spark a patchwork of drug policy across the state, ranging from decriminalization, I'd like to see where that's going to happen, to a gross (laughs) gross misdemeanor, to which uh, carry 364-day jail sentence. While some see the outcome as a disaster, others argue that no local policy could be much worse than the Washington State Legislature uh, was already p- hoping to pass with the Senate bill 
55, 36. Um, so that's where we are at now. They didn't, they couldn't get it together, which I don't know, on some level is impressive. You want to say like, it's impressive that the Democrats like managed to vote down like the compromise, like the Senate bill, the compromise, like not take the bill. But like the thing, the fucked up thing is like, it was also being opposed by Republicans and like the cops and cop unions because like there's shit about like maintaining some of the stuff in the current like temporary law, even adjusting it. But like about cops having to like, you know, offer tr treatment alternatives and shit like that. They that they were against like whining like um, <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, they thought the, the bill was too soft. Right. You know, they're like, hey, there's nothing about uh you know thought uh puzzles about maybe hanging drug dealers in the middle of downtown or whatever you know <laughs> we don't got that we don't want it yeah yeah so like um I, I love how that person literally was like yeah so what's the problem with that like we could do a couple public hangings of drug dealers and yeah. you know no i mean like, that's like <laughs> like yeah uh so this is from so rich smith in the stranger um has the a sort of rundown. Um, uh, this is his from uh, a few days ago. Before the House took up the vote, the vote on that compromise, a bunch of Snohomish County mayors urged lawmakers <laughs> to vote no. In a letter, the coalition said they wanted to outlaw harm reduction strategies that use the threat of longer jail and use the threat of longer jail sentences to coerce people into treatment. So again, yeah, the law isn't harsh enough. They, yep. they want to like no, all of the quote unquote harm reduction stuff like uh, they want to get rid of. The cops seem pumped about a no vote, too. In a press release from the Washington Association of Sheriffs and Police Chiefs, Executive Director Stephen D. Strachan said local governments will now have the ability to enact policies and ordinances for their communities to break the cycle of drug abuse, provide help to individuals in need and take back our public spaces. So they're like. Like we're going to be out here, you know, posi comitatus, man. Like we're, mm -hmm. we're, we're going to be out here like doing, yeah, doing the public lynchings, like you're saying, when you like, um, and we're not, you know, no, no drug diversion programs. Like, so of course, like the ACLU was also against it for other reasons. And then Lorena Gonzalez came out against it is quoted in this article here, um, for, you know, uh, better reasons, but like, so basically, like what stands now then is like, OK, almost like you'd want to say, like the best case scenario is like it just expires, which opens up at least on the state level. Um, the possibility for decriminalization, but like because there won't be any law, but like what that means, what is like every municipality in the in the state will be free to, yeah, like pass whatever like fucked up weird thing they mm -hmm. want because it won't be superseded by state law which means not only are some communities going to have like really crazy fucked up drug laws but also just the insane patchwork of that is going to be like a nightmare for i mean you know you're driving through like all these different places like you know you could you you could get really fucked up without knowing how much danger you're putting yourself in by driving through some like fucking municipality what? in Snohomish County. You know, you're, you're failing to look at the bright side, though, which is if you have an insane patchwork of drug laws, it makes it harder for the state Supreme Court to tell you you can't do them. 
So, you know, that's that's the bright spot is yeah. we, we've solved the, uh, you know, the Blake case uh, problem here. Yeah, no, I, I mean, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I mean, you know, I, I'm sure if there are some really wild ones, they will be challenged, you know, and that'll mm-hmm. that'll take years, you know. Um, so but anyway, I wanted to take us to the Seattle Times editorial board um, and their take on this, which uh, is very, uh, very important message here. <laughs> Call a special session of Washington legislature to fix drug possession mess. So they want this. They want something passed. Uh, I, well, hold on. I see what's happening now. The legis- the ledge, they want to pass this, right? But the thing is, they know they've learned from their friends, the cops. You got to get that OT, baby. You got to get that sweet extra time. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> like, you want yeah. me to do something that's going to be time and a half. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they get paid anymore. The legislature for going in uh, out of session. Maybe. I don't know. Who knows? Um, okay. Since 2021, this is so the Seattle Times Ed board. Governor Jay Inslee and the legislature knew that the state's drug possession laws were in flux and needed to be fixed this year. While, a company, while accomplishing many important achievements, such as an assault <laughs> weapons ban, uh, lawmakers got to voting on a final drug possession proposal at the closing hours of the four-month session. The House failed to pass a bill. Inslee must now call legislators back to a special session to find a solution to this mess. There's sure to be a lot of finger-pointing about how a Democratic, Democrat-controlled House, Senate, and Governor's Office could fail to address this important and foreseeable issue. Passions run high on both sides. Those who want to use potential legal consequences to encourage individuals with substance abuse disorder, substance use disorder, into accepting treatment, and those who see any merging of treatment and the criminal justice system as a reboot of the war on drugs. I think it's clear, like, from how that's framed, like, what side they come down on. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, you're, 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 being unreasonable if you're not okay with mer- merging treatment and the criminal justice system. Which what like, could go wrong? Just, like, <laughs> right, like, I mean, that is, I guess, the basic debate, like, on some level, and it's like, yeah, if we, if we're, if we are here saying that substance use disorder, as they put it, is, you know, like, a medical problem, therefore, essentially, like, what sense really does it make uh, mm-hmm. To use the criminal justice system, what, the sense uh, that it makes is it's a tool of discipline, and oh. we don't have a healthcare system that's adequate to this challenge, and we we don't want to pay for it. But like, well, I I think too, you know, they're dealing with uh, you know, this sort of contradiction, or at least this growing awakening uh, in the '80s when they really launched the drug war in full force. Right, you could still like work on the premise of hey, we can arrest our way out of this, right? Yeah. But now, forty <laughs> years on. Yeah. Nobody in America believes that you can solve problems of drug abuse by arresting people, right? right. Everybody knows that this is just a smokescreen for being ex- you know, as cruel as possible to the poorest people in the country, right? And so it's this weird little dance that we now have to do that you didn't necessarily have to do in the 80s. Encouraging right? treatment, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, you know. how, that's the other side is... Those who want to use potential legal consequences to encourage individuals with substance use disorder into accepting treatment. <laughs> it's like, like, again, like it's a shit sandwich or like a or 
like uh, a shit turkey dinner. Like mm-hmm. you, you get the the shit treatment options that are basically also jail, or you just get regular jail. You yeah. know, like well, I like it too. That- well, and also like the the success rate of like forced rehab is essentially zero. So again, it's just like yeah. again, these are not unknown things. Like everybody knows this doesn't work, right? It's a fig leaf. Yeah. Yep. But somewhere in the middle, there is wide oh, room God. for compromise. Oh, thank, oh, thank God, no. Greg. Thank God we found the middle. We found <laughs> yes. And oh. lawmakers should quickly find it. Two years ago in State versus Blake, the Washington State Supreme Court struck down Washington's criminal statute prohibiting possession of a controlled substance, which was considered a felony. After the ruling, Olympia approved a temporary measure making drug possession a misdemeanor on the third occurrence, with police giving treatment options after the first two arrests. Police and others criticized the system as unworkable as they were unable to track who had received treatment and who had not. Again, that does seem like an unworkable uh situation because the police aren't really good at doing anything and yeah. <laughs> uh so like I don't, I don't know why i don't know why they should have to be the ones tracking these things like you know maybe that you would think would be up to like a court or something that's but i guess i guess i think that maybe the issue is that it's an immediate thing because otherwise it's like you're being put in pre-trial detention you know um so i guess they're rather than like get someone booked it really is like at the level of the cops to deal with like, but again, like, and presumably they could have been, they, they have access to some resources to like, know, like in their own records who like has been charged with what fucking shit before. But like, again, they're bad at everything. So like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's like, it's like, but uh, how do I know? I don't remember if I've arrested this guy before. I mean, like you've no. got a computer in your car. I don't know. Like there's, they're, they're just you can't give them any responsibility. They're not going to do what you ask them to do. I guess is the the answer to that. Um, so, without legislative action, drug possession will be legalized statewide in July. Cities and counties would Sweet. likely enact their own drug laws. No, a fuck it. Let's do it. Rule legalization. And- <laughs> a patchwork of rules and treatment options across Washington would represent a remarkable failure for state government. Instead, lawmakers should build on the Senate's work, on the Senate's hard work in crafting bipartisan support for a Blake solution. House Democratic leaders in particular should recognize the importance of bipartisanship. <laughs> Given their Thank bill God. failed to garner any Republican votes. And it's like, uh, like <laughs> that. I mean, in what in what fucking universe in this is the Seattle Times, right? Mm-hmm. Progressive Seattle. In what fucking universe should failing to garner Republican votes mm-hmm. be anything but like a win? Yeah. Like the like that. That almost makes you if you didn't know the details of even like the not very good House bill, like it's better than the Senate bill. Yeah. Um, But like. That should make you tip your hat a little to the House Democrats that they they didn't that the that bill didn't get any Republicans on board. Well, yeah. Like if you didn't know a single detail and they told you the House bill had no Republican votes and the Senate bill had bipartisan support, 
without knowing a single detail, or even what the bill's about, you would automatically be like, well, the House bill must be the good one, then at least the better of the two options. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, damn, the Democrats in the House aren't as fucking worthless as I thought they were. Yeah. Right. Well, it's so, interesting. But actually, but the twist is. That. I, you know, not even all Democrats in the House voted for it. So that's yeah, well, other. I mean, this is the, well, this yeah. is the funny thing the Times says, right? I mean, this is like an interesting bit of wording, right? Because the Democrats control the House in Washington, right? So the yeah. Times could say Democrats need to get their shit together and get their votes in since mm-hmm. the Republican vote shouldn't matter at all. Like, we should just not even consider them as part of the, you know, ruling coalition or whatever, right? Like, fuck them. Yeah. You know, so why don't why they do need discipline their own house? When you have control yeah. of all three branches. And the re- issue here is really the Senate bill. They have, yeah. it's in the Senate, There, the bill was bipartisan, and it's yeah. a shitty, it's the shitty yeah. fucking gross misdemeanor bill that the House, that the Democrats in the House would not pass. They would yeah. not accept it. Um, and, you know, that, again, the House bill's not that great either, but it's not as horrifying yeah. as the Senate bill, which, but like... It's just funny, because the Times argument here is basically, guys, I know nobody votes for them and the minority in both the House and the Senate, but why don't you let the Republicans rule? Just yeah. do the Republicans the, the thing. paper of record in Seattle, <laughs> you know, in King County. Like, it's incredible. And it's like... And they're, they don't even go into, they're just like, oh, uh, you know, compromise. Yeah, without even really going into the details of the bill in here. I mean, they link to the their actual article on it. So, um, but uh, but they don't have, really have an opinion, right? They're mm-hmm. just saying that the 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 editorial board stance is like, look, what what whatever may come, like we just need a law criminalizing drugs across the state, you know? <laughs> and if that, look, if that has to be the gross misdemeanor with the maximum one year sentence, it's just going to be worse, like, than under the fucking uh, old, like, felony law. Like, well, you know, then it, then that's at least Olympia getting something done with bipartisan <laughs> compromise. Well, they, uh, and really for the times too, they're saying, Hey guys, uh, we don't want to have to come up with like a new crime narrative. Uh, we've been yeah. kind of coasting on this one for like 50 years <laughs> now. Like the last time we had to write a new crime narrative, like the Blevins still all had vestigial tales. Um, we don't, we don't know that we can handle it. Like our, our newsroom is going to need an influx of state cash to come up with a new reason why the poor have to be repressed if we get rid of drug laws. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, Republicans and moderate Democrats say they want to incorporate reasonable technical fixes to the bill offered by the Washington Association of Prosecuting Attorneys. (laughs) I'm sure they're very reasonable then. (laughs) Uh, as well as provide <laughs> flexibility for local give governments on regulating drug paraphernalia, which is which is funny because ostensibly the argument here is we need a uniform drug criminalization law across Washington state. And here they're saying, and if to get that bipartisan compromise, if we have to go with the Washington Association of Prosecuting Attorneys fixes, which include like leaving some shit out of the bill so that any municipality in Washington can also pass their own laws on paraphernalia Mm -hmm. uh, to add, you know, to have another chapter of the book to throw at you for goofy fucking paraphernalia bullshit. Um, Like, you know, another year for a scale uh, or, (laughs) or more than five Ziploc bags in your car, you know, then, then, you know what, that if we need that, the paraphernalia laws in Washington state to be a patchwork. Um, 
paraphernalia laws, which shouldn't exist at all because yeah. they're all they've they're complete bullshit that it's just about, again, throwing the book at people, mm-hmm. then you know what? That's what we got to do then. Well, Moon, yeah, you should be especially concerned here. I, I heard rumor in uh, Pierce County that watching the Smiles KEXP uh, jam session does count as paraphernalia. So <laughs> you, need, you need to. You, so I'm just concerned. Just be careful coming back into the airport. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that they have eyes on it. They'll they'll see my, you know, the 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 string from the harp, uh, <laughs> the string from the cello. Yeah. When I put that on my guitar, they might get a little. Uh, that's you know, honestly, that should that's be possession, right? That there. is possession in my book and should involve yeah. the death penalty. But <laughs> and and the mallets on the drums too. Yes, yeah. Even, also, yes. Oh my god. <laughs> um, you're on a list either way. For I mean, so are you. That's in your algorithm now, man. That's I know. Your, your hey, it's totally mind. fucked up my YouTube algorithm too. I hate it. What <laughs> <laughs> one late night having fun with the boys session watching uh and biggest air quotes possible music videos <laughs> now my shit's fucked music live showcases brian okay and you get to hear tom york moan i think that's pretty cool in a way <laughs> oh my god senate bill 5536 which earned bipartisan support in the senate is a good place to start. Again, how is that a an endorsement in the paper of record in King County? Well, the like, thing that couldn't pass the House, that's the good place to start. The, right. It's, yeah, right. It's, it's the bill that couldn't pass. Like, we're talking about two bills that couldn't pass. Why is one better than the other? The bill that couldn't pass because Republicans helped write it. Like, yeah. that's... Again, this is... It's bullshit. They just want the harsher... Yeah. Law. This is there, and they're framing it in this this classic bullshit, you know, bipartisan compromise way. This is what I mean. This is what liberal Democrat big city brain is. It's it's mm-hmm. like you know, yeah. compromise did- is a and bipartisanship is has and always has been a uh you know a code code phrasing for yeah let Republicans rule. Let's do the conservative option here. You know. Uh, <laughs> in a way that appeals to like bird brained big city liberals. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, on Saturday, Republican house leader JT Wilcox <laughs> emailed house speaker, Lori <laughs> Jenkins, which is a normal name for a person to have. Uh, just, just a normal, regular person. Who's not like a comic strip character. Like uh, the fucking Lori villain Jenkins. in roadhouse. JT <laughs> you know? yeah, like Wilcox. Wilcox. Yes. Yeah. Seriously. Like, yeah. He's, Who's J.K. Will Will talks has henchmen who drive monster trucks. Yeah. Okay. Like that. That is the name of a guy like that Um, uh, from Tacoma pledged his support. We have a significant number of votes possible for the version of Blake that was negotiated in the Senate. We have again, so, but not enough. Like yeah. it didn't. Pa- so we have significant. So, an interesting word choice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, the minority party, um, which is, you know, w- widely a, a party that is widely, broadly loathed in the city that this paper is named for. 
Um, Whether that is really rational, like obviously we have a lot of extremely conservative shithead Democrats in this town, but like they're not they're not Republicans for the most part. Um, The uh, and they may not know why, but like, yeah, we have a significant number of votes. That's awesome. For the version of Blake that was negotiated in the Senate, we would be willing to talk about a way forward tomorrow on that basis this Sunday. Uh, the the last day, if the current effort cannot be executed, the, <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, this is what, yeah, and this is where this is all leading, right? The Democrats can't get their shit together, even though they control all branches of government, to pass even a less bad permanent misdemeanor bill with the even modest like treatment provisions and diversion <laughs> programs yeah what has happened here the real story is that the democrats in the house senate and inslee could not govern on this <laughs> issue they couldn't fucking get it done and what that's leading to the inev is like the inevitability of the the seattle times position here which is now they're in this place. The session is over. The current law expires in, on July 1st. And what if you put you look at that equation, the only way forward then. That the Democrats are likely to take is exactly this, a compromise. Now, it does it end up being an actual compromise where they hammer out something that is better than the Senate bill? I, I think probably like they're not they're not they're. There's no reason for them to just roll over and take the Senate bill when like the House, like it didn't get a single Democratic vote in the House. Like they all shot it down on the last day. They seem pretty firm in that then, like they knew what they were doing. You know, they knew they'd end up getting called back for a special session like this. That is probably inevitable. But like. Like that is where this is heading is like the Seattle Times is going to get their way on some level. While there are many details, the Senate bill. 5536 states law enforcement officers are encouraged to offer any individual arrested for simple possession a referral to assessment, treatment, or other services such as arrest and jail are alternatives and law enforcement assisted diversion programs in lieu of booking the individual in jail and referring the case for prosecution. Well, I'm sure if the police are encouraged to do this, then that's what they'll do as opposed to what they've been trained their whole lives to do and what they want to do, which is uh, brutalize the person, put them in prison. Right. And this is even a, this is a watered down version Mm -hmm. of the version that currently exists, which is they have to uh, not arrest someone on the first two like uh, instances, which they're complaining about. Um, And this waters that down as if, Right. I guess that's supposed to be a compromise with the cops like, oh, uh, we can't do our jobs. We don't, we can't uh, follow the law and like not arrest who we're not supposed to arrest because uh, uh, we, we're stupid. And so the compromise is, I guess we just make it easier for the cops and like uh, just leave it up to their judgment. Right. Just make them the judges of whether you <laughs> book and prosecute someone like we are just this, no, like we're moving towards judge dread basically let's yeah, just let the cops yeah. make all the decisions on the ground I mean, <laughs> that, that, that is you know i mean they can already um charge people with crimes in seattle 
municipal court and uh they they execute plenty of people on the streets so yeah i mean we are there now that that paragraph's kind of a non sequitur here um but that is just a detail of the uh of the senate bill in the aftermath of legis- of a legislative in the aftermath of a legislative failure it is easy to assess blame a better course would be to stress the generally held understanding that people with substance use disorder get better with treatment not incarceration and treatment must be read- readily available law enforcement plays a part it seems like what they're asking for is the opposite of this i got to say I, I i again like it's just it's just smoke like yeah, yeah. they they drop in this that paragraph that quote about the senate bill without like contextualizing that it's except like I guess it was paragraphs above that like it's clearly weaker, but like they don't say that actually just comes out of nowhere. But like they're trying to say like, look, it's not that bad, guys. The Senate bill, look, it encourages cops not to arrest people when there are other programs. <laughs> but that's like a, a dramatic weakening of the current law that is in the direction of the next paragraph they're saying. And so it's like when they're saying like, look, it'd be easy to assess blame, but we should just stress the generally held understanding. We should just stress that, like, it's a generally held understanding and then pass whatever the cops want, I guess. Like, yeah, we should all agree. Look, we agree. <laughs> we agree that, like, treatment is better. But, like, let's not let that reflect our legislation. Let's agree that we've moved on from the quote unquote drug war and, like, mass incarceration and keep doing it with different language. Yeah. Like, that's what they're saying here. Like, <laughs> let's all agree on the right thing to do and then just do the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and let's agree that law enforcement plays a part. I mean, that's the problem here. That that yeah. is that is the debate. That is the problem. And they're going to play a part. And it's like like even in the the current law, they play a huge part. In the proposed House bill, they play a huge part. Like yeah. that. Like we're not. None of this was decriminalization. No, decriminalization, as was reported in the Stranger, was not on the table at any time here. Yeah. In a special, so they finish it up here. In a special session, lawmakers should strive for common ground with the keen appreciation that the hardest work for police, courts, treatment providers, and those wanting to change their lives still lies ahead. <laughs> oh, those wanting, yeah. I mean, it's like you said, Brian, like yeah. we can't, we have, it's just, we have to have new rhetoric for the same tools, you know? Yeah. The same old bullshit. Uh, I do like that we got to, you know, lawmakers, I guess, strive for common ground. You know, I mean, it's obviously like, you know, trite or whatever to say this, but I remember all those editorials in the Seattle Times where uh, Shama Sawant was pushing one bit of legislation, city council, and the rest of the council pushing something else. I remember all those times where they tried to urge the rest of the city council, like, find common ground with Shama, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hilarious how bipartisan common ground only goes one direction, right? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. the trick, though, right? <laughs> the yeah, reasonable let, MAGA chads over the, the Seattle Times. Shama <laughs> uh, Sawant, leader of the Trotskyist minority in on the <laughs> on the Seattle City Council, is willing to compromise. Uh, you know, with by using her version of this bill and passing it into law. You she know? says like, she yeah. has significant numbers of votes. Yeah, significant. A full ninth of the Seattle City Council <laughs> is ready to vote for the minority proposal. I'm hearing fertile grounds for compromise. <laughs> um, I mean, so that that's what's coming there. I mean, they're going to pass some. They probably are going to come back into special session. Yeah, they probably are going to pass something shitty 
on some level that probably is better than some insane patchwork of brutal awful laws uh passed in like every weird little town in washington state and like eastern every county in eastern washington you know Mm -hmm. and honestly it would be it'd be Honestly, the overall, like the patchwork way to think about it's funny and it would be chaotic for both like people being find themselves like in the net of the criminal system, but all just in in all possible ways. But the truth is, like, I, I would guess, like, on the whole, because you don't have the like minor weak bulwark of like the state level democratic party, like you would get in most places like really awful laws like where where what like. Snohomish County is going to would pass some horrifying shit. Pierce County would. So it might it would be like just like the only place that might have a better, maybe, maybe a better uh, drug criminalization regime than like exists currently might be King County. But like outside of King County, the entire rest of the state would probably end up with something really horrifying. Um. And so, yeah, that that would be a nightmare. So, but I, but they're whatever. It's going to be bad. Yeah. Well, King County would come up with a wonderful compromise that would be like, look, instead of jail time, we're going to have a fine, and the fine for being caught with drugs is like ten thousand dollars. If you can't pay it, you have to do fifty years in prison, hard labor. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, you know, that'd be like the King County compromise, right? So, just to make sure that the right people are going to the right places. Well, the state legislature, you know. Uh, it did more than uh, quibble over exactly how long they would have put people in prison for uh, in continuing the failed drug war. They also uh, signed a measure on Tuesday that banned the sale, manufacturing, and distribution of more than 50 specific types of semi-automatic firearms, including the beloved AR-15. Guys, what Ooh. a win. Uh, they also applied the ban to semiotic rifles less than 30 inches in length, uh, as well as some others that have things like hand grips and thumbhole stocks, etc. Essentially a kind of replay of the assault rifles ban from the 90s uh, under the Clinton era. Uh, what, do you, what do you guys think? Is, is this a big win for Jay? Well, we I mean, here? it's going to be a yeah, it's going to be a big win for Jay Inslee politically. Uh, it's going to be a big win for the attorney general when he has to defend this, like at the Supreme court, you know, (laughs) luckily we know those guys are pretty reasonable. So, right. I mean, but I mean, it's going to make, you know, their careers, right? Like, oh yeah. Um, you know, so like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to think about. I guess like can't complain. Like it's just like whatever, whatever, like outside of like the second amendment debate, which whatever outside of like the school shooting problem and the just general mass shooting problem. Like if you just like remove your head from that, like it is just like good governance, just like bait on the most basic level, not Mm -hmm. to allow these insane weapons to like be sold. (laughs) Like, so yeah, I mean, obviously I think on that level, it's good. Will it stand? I, I I don't know. They had to. Uh, I like that they the detail that they had to close down the Capitol on Tuesday, um, due to security concerns. Because of course they were worried about getting like, you know, would it have been hundreds or dozens of Chud protesters strapped, like, yeah, uh, waving flags or something, you know? Um, I, but they made the right choice. Unlike 
you know, last year during the mask shit, um, just letting people like terrorize the Capitol. They just closed the town and told them to fuck off. Um, while they did this, uh, that's funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. An interesting part is at least from the little bit of write-ups I've seen so far. Um, it's all on the sale side, which is the interesting part, which is the better way to do it. You know, if you, as much as people might want to ban possession, the police are going to enforce that and you know exactly how they're going to fucking enforce it. Right. Like, uh, better to ban it on the sale side and tell stores like, look, you just can't have that in there. It's also more effective because you can actually get stores to stop carrying things, you know? Yeah. Uh, Whereas the possession side, it's like, you know, somebody can drive out of state and buy a gun. I mean, it's fucking America that there's, you know, millions of guns just floating around in America as is. Right. Um, so that I'll say is good. I mean, it just, the gun issue there's so many fucking guns in this country, man. Yeah. Like, and there's so many manufacturers here who are just dumping them daily everywhere. Uh, this is one of those things that, yeah, as you said, Greg, it's probably like good governance in the sense of like a classic, uh, easy problem to solve. <laughs> like, don't let people have machine guns <laughs> in public. Yeah, they've already got them. But yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the problem is like, it really feels uh, like the fox is already in the hen house. Like it's too late to kind of put the fence up. <laughs> who knows otherwise. who knows though i mean like when when it comes to the actual like mass shooting issue and school shootings like who knows who knows it would be yeah. wild in like five years if the statistics are like oh like it this doesn't happen in washington state anymore because like people can't snap and go get an ar-15 at walmart or something yeah like know. that week or whatever right right and it's like i yeah. don't know it, it does that there's so many out there but but who knows like I think what's more interesting t- to me is almost, like uh, to me, like there's so many guns you can still you're going to be able to go outside. It's going to be a it's this is political, right? It's mostly on this level. One state. This is political. It's it's for them to say they did it. It's a it is a good look. It's a reasonable thing. They should do it. They were able to pull it off. They got their shit together politically to pass this shit, which, again, there's no appetite for, I guess, uh, on any other issue. Um if they if they wanted if if this was like if Inslee was what you would want him to be like an actual like actually wanted to pass a lot of legislation and really do big things and get like drugs decriminalized or something this is the perfect kind of issue i think to use to just make conservatives insane in washington state <laughs> uh while you while you just govern on every other issue, you know, uh, make them lose their fucking minds and like beat them on that issue and election, drive the Republican party down to insignificance, drive out, you know, use this issue, uh, let, let the Republicans run against it every year and, and lose, uh, really, really use it. And then meanwhile, while they're, you know, going crazy about this, like the Eastern Washington Republicans, like do also do other things, you know, use that, use this politically in a bigger way than just like the careers of a couple of uh, statewide Mm -hmm. electeds, which I think is basically how it's going to be used politically. Again, it's a, it's a good thing, but it's like politically it's smart because the gun stuff I think does scare normal people. (laughs) You know, like the guys like machine guns and Starbucks is like that. No normal person sees that. It's like, yeah, that's cool. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it makes Republicans nut. It makes the, yeah. the gun nut Republicans crazy. Yeah. And they're going to act crazy. They're going to run crazy ads. They're going to be like, they're going to still be saying they're coming to take your guns away even when they're not. You know, they're going to be. And you could use that to really marginalize them. At some level, they may do it to themselves. But like, to what end do we, we don't have a Democratic Party that's going to like, yeah. you, you know, that you can expect to like, use that in any like good way to get anything good done you know so. yeah and I, and I mean interestingly you know over the last 40 years as guns became a culture war thing you know there's there's been lots of write-ups about this but like uh gun ownership is like heavily concentrated right so it's not like everybody in america owns one or two guns it's that yeah. a very small subsection of america owns like 50 guns a piece yeah. um you know because they're like fetish items essentially and uh yeah. so just one of those things i think as for Inslee, it's like you could do this with essentially zero political consequences yourself, other than maybe getting murked by one of these fucking freaks. <laughs> but, you know, hey, they might uh, think that you're like running a child pizza ring or whatever and murk you anyway. So whatever. Right. But like outside of that, outside of the always like, you know, humming threat of right wing violence, um, you know, there doesn't seem to be a lot of political consequences. I, my only concern is just that like this is like the definition of a national problem, man. Like there has to be yeah. an actual crackdown on the weapons industry in America, which as I say, it, you realize good luck with that. That's never going to fucking yeah. happen. Well, the States are the laboratories of democracy, Brian. So I, think that, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I genuinely think that is what the, the Dems behind this are thinking in their high minded, like ways like, sure. look, we're, we're going to be the ones to do this. We'll take it to the Supreme court. Sure. We'll see what comes of that. And the thing is, like, what could come of that? Like, it that's the other thing. It's like, this is going to get immediately challenged, like, quickly so, challenged. And it's, I mean, the NRA, I, like, already sued them, right? Yeah, yeah. What I was curious about this, and so there's 10 states now that have passed, like, similar type bills, all of which are working their way through the court system. So yeah. the one that's the furthest along is an Illinois bill uh, about assault weapons bans uh, that is it's the highest and it's i think it's next step up as to the uh supreme court so i mean i don't have a lot of hope that this court's going to do anything i mean they'll overturn them i I don't think that that's much uh of a question the the real thing is just that like if we were to lend the largest amount of you know leeway or whatever to washington state dems i mean they could be looking at this and looking nationally and be like, yeah, it's a national problem, but like literally nothing's going to happen nationally. Like th- there's yeah. just no hope of doing anything nationally. So what do you do in that case? You kind of flail ineffectually and see what happens. And, and what you, you know, and, I guess we'll see what happens. Thinking nationally, politically is this, this makes these bills are national political issues, right? Cause they're going to be taken mm-hmm. to the Supreme court. And honestly, the first one to get there is probably going to have ramifications for all of them very possible that all of them will be implied you know will that they'll the court will put down a ruling in say the illinois case that will you know be explicitly targeting you know the same type of language as the um uh as the washington one and then that that's a that makes it a national issue right it's a like a different democratic party could be working at this together nationally in the states oh yeah to delegitimize the Supreme Court, you know, yeah, like a, a different as, Democratic Party could be yeah, doing that. A different Democratic Party, With wholly could be, different people, <laughs> again, like could be using the the the, the Clarence Thomas shit as mm-hmm. w- a, 
as ammunition against the now pretty thoroughly delegitimized court already to just start getting rid of them, you know? Yeah. And, but yeah, they're not going to do that. So yeah, that's what I mean. Like ultimately when it all works out, it's great for Inslee and Ferguson because they'll, mm-hmm. they'll get to like play the uh, martyrs here basically. Like yeah. that's kind of Inslee's job though. Yeah. And In- Inslee's sort of a professional loser. So that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, we should probably close at that. Uh, you know, exciting things happening statewide. Uh, watch the space, I guess. <laughs> um, hey, and uh, you know, you can check out more content from your favorite podcast on Patreon, where we also have episodes and access to our Discord. So uh, do that because. That's how we know that you're listening and that you uh, appreciate us. And it, it's how maybe we, uh, I don't know, maybe buy some new microphones or something or or throw ourselves a pizza party. Who knows? <laughs> I'm looking forward <laughs> to the pizza party. Yeah, join our Patreon, uh, jump in the Discord, chat with all the freaks in the Discord. They're having a fun time in there. Um, it continues to be baffling to me how Discord works, but... <laughs> in- pop in enjoy it if you see an old man wander in there and confusedly reply to something that's 50 posts above it uh that's me <laughs> see you no, it's a there. fun time it's a fun time see you should definitely join it's lit active um get to talk with the freaks make you feel less alone there you go all right well we'll go ahead and end it there good night everybody Good night Loot.